This week on A Dash of Grit, when things get tough, you can work harder, you can get tougher, you can go nails to the wall, or you can work smarter, and you can build consciousness and do things on purpose. We're actually going to talk about hacking the brain. I'm excited to talk with Amy Woodall next. This is A Dash of Grit, recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. I'm really excited for the show today. A Dash of Grid is all about getting through the hard times, getting through the hardest parts of a business, getting to the good stuff. Quick background, I am part of Sandler Training. I'm a Sandler Training uh, certified sales consultant. That's what I do for my day job. Uh, when I'm not slumming here at uh, Dash of Grit. And so I buy in and believe in trying to help your business grow through better sales efforts through Sandler Training. And it's one of the reasons I'm so excited to introduce you now to our guest. Um, she is a Sandler Training, I almost said God, Amy, but I'll go ahead and say goddess. She is one of the best at what she does. And I'm excited for you to meet her. She's Amy Woodall, Executive Vice President of Sandler Training Trust Point. It's a sales leadership, customer service training outlet based in Indianapolis. She knows her stuff. I've seen her speak and I'm excited for for you to uh, hear her story about grit and uh, some of the things she's accomplished. So Amy, welcome to A Dash of Grit. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm excited. I was excited to get your call about joining you. So happy to be here. Wonderful. That makes me happy too. So Amy, we are going to talk about hard things. We're going to talk about grit and powering through and, and your unique viewpoint on that. And so I'm excited to take that road. First though, Let's talk about what grit has gotten you. Let's talk about good stuff, success, brag a little bit about Trust Point, if you would. Yeah. I th is this the hardest part for all of your guests, by the way? Like, I feel like this is the most challenging piece of it because mom and dad told us to be humble. Yes. I, I will tell you, I have a pretty fun gig. I work with a great group of people in Indianapolis and, and a great group of people in the Sandler network. Um, as Brian, you've had a chance to, to meet some of those folks. And so... You know, in my career, I have learned the Sandler methodology, been able to apply that to companies worldwide, and then been able to be an integral part of developing this customer care program that Sandler has. And from there, wrote the program on dealing with difficult people, collaborated on writing the program for goal setting, and I've just had a lot of fun about, you know, bringing different aspects of how we can use the Sandler methodology to the table outside of just the sales world, too. So... Great. And I'm going to throw you a, maybe a hardball question, but maybe you know the answer. I know that Sandler Training Associates, people like you, impact a lot of people. And you impact people from stage and you impact people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Do you have an idea, perhaps, of how many businesses you've worked with, people who are perhaps a little bit better farther on down the line because you've had the ability to work with them in the past? I would say, like, directly working with companies, there have been dozens and dozens yeah. of Companies. You know, I do a lot of speaking as well. And so I, I think if we were counting heads, we're mm. in the um, multiple thousands. Last yeah. year, I spoke to well over, I think, 15,000 people just in my different time of speaking and, and kind of sharing my methodology of Own Your 50, Brian, which is what you yeah. heard me talk about when we were yeah. in Orlando. I would say quite a few peeps. Yeah, Over I think years. so too. And I, and I think that's what success is all about. How many people, how many days can you make brighter because you had a part of in that? So I'm excited to talk about how you got there. I'm excited to talk about the success that you've been able to achieve and not just the easy parts, but 
the hard parts. Because I think the other thing too about this show is that people listen and they think they're all alone. I can't make it. I can't get it done. I just got to keep, what am I going to do? And yet they hear that, oh, I'm not alone. This isn't easy for anybody. Even the most successful folks uh, struggled. And so I'm interested if you can share some hard spots, some uh, places where you had to overcome some hurdles and share with our, with our audience. I don't know about you guys. When I'm listening to audiobooks or podcasts or watching videos or, you know, reading in general, the comparative piece really starts to click in. So like you said, Brian, I start to go like, well, I could, or I couldn't, or, you know, kind of based on what our um, path of experience is. And so me in particular, I, I feel like I'm a little unique in that I have no college degree which is really unheard of for somebody who is, you know, my age and really has reached the industry that we're in. I did not step foot into a college. Um, and wow. what I think is looking back, I'm really grateful that I had enough, I think, arrogance to be really honest with you. I think I was arrogant at the right time in my life that allowed me to be ignorant um, in areas where I probably should have been scared and probably should have told myself that I didn't belong there. But I didn't have that. Were there some times when that lack of piece of paper, that lack of degree actually put up a hurdle that you just were just angry or upset that you couldn't get past? I can't think of one and I'm okay. sure that we're there, but I also believe that what we focus on expands. So if I were out in the world looking at it as a limitation, I would have found opportunities to prove to me that it was a limitation. And so I, again, because I think the, I, I, I say arrogance, I had ego at a, a young age. I've, I have since, I'm trying to overcome it every day, but I think ego showed up for me in the right way. And I happened to meet the right people at the right times who believed in me in a way that I didn't believe in myself. Tim Roberts, my mentor and the owner of Sandler Training Trust Point being one of them, that they allowed me to get to a place that I never knew I earned had the right to be. And so when we're looking at our success or lack thereof, we really have to examine the, the story we're telling ourselves in our head about why we should or shouldn't or why we do or don't deserve it because it's just that. It's a story. It truly is what you decide to do with it. So yeah, that, I mean, it was a struggle at certain times. I will tell you, I definitely struggled financially. Um, there were times that I was very close on the brink of, of bankruptcy as I was a young mom, uh, had both of my kids in my early 20s and just didn't know any better. I started my own business at 25 mm -hmm. doing image consulting, which is how I landed into the world of Sandler. And so there, was, there were certainly hurdles along the way, but I think that, again, I had grit and tenacity and ego at the right times to, to keep it going. So which do you think is more important, at least for you, the grit and tenacity and ego, or was it just pure arrogance? Oh, man. Uh, you know, looking back, I'm embarrassed at the arrogance because you yeah. don't know it at the time. And, and look, at that's really a false sense. What it was, was a, a cover up for my lack of confidence. That's what it was, right? So the louder and the more we feel like we need to be out there, it really is saying, I'm just a child you know, I'm, who is not sure that I belong here. <laughs> Thank goodness for tenacity and, and grit. That's for sure. And so when arrogance got you in trouble, tenacity and grit got you through it. Is that an accurate way to put it? Yeah. When arrogance got me in trouble, I think the right teacher showed up at the right time. And the teachers, by the way, they don't show up how we want them to. These are the people giving us the feedback that we don't want to hear. And if we're not in a place of accepting it, which I wasn't really at the time, it's resonated over time with me. 
then we tend to fight back and try and prove to them why they're wrong. But in reality, they are our greatest teachers. The people who really show up and tell us all the things we don't want to hear are the people we need the most. So how do you know? So how do you know when you're, you've got arrogance, you've got tenacity, you know exactly what you need to do. Someone else comes in and says, hey, I've been there. You're wrong. How do you know when to listen and when to just keep pushing ahead? Hmm, that is such a good question. I think patterns are powerful. So if you only happen to have it once or, you know, once or maybe twice, then maybe you could say, ah, it's a fluke. But if this is something that pops up over and over again, we have to take ownership. And I'm really big on ownership. And that's because I've gone down a path of not having it. I've gone down the path of blaming other people and tell, you know, feeling like they're the problem. And and then you get the same results. You perpetuate the same challenges over and over again. And there's one common denominator here, right? So I think if you look at what do I need to do to get to the next level and what don't I know that's going to allow me to get there, then you really have no choice to say, maybe they're right. Maybe there is something I need to learn. Maybe that, maybe I need to get out of my own way. Yeah. And, and that's when tenacity and grit comes in. That's when, when learning and doing the right things. And so give me, go ahead and keep, continue on with your story. You, you've reached some ceilings, you've reached some spots, you've found some mentorship. Now the, the, the hard work comes. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have gotten to a place or had gotten to a place where maybe some people who are listening can attest to this too, but I definitely achieved the I'll be happy when syndrome. Mm. So the next goal, the next goal, the next goal. And it was like, when I make this much money, I'll be, I'll feel like I made it and I'm really happy. And then you reach that milestone and you're like, that's not so much different. Mm. And then it's the next and it's the next. And, and so while achievement was happening, I still remember having this unsettling feeling like it wasn't quite enough. And that's when I started to have this realization of, Grit gets you so far. And until if we don't stop at that moment and have a real conversation with ourselves, then there, you know, there's a fork in the road. We're either going to go to burnout or we begin to mix purpose with our grit. And so I have, you know, long had this conversation with folks that I feel like at some point in time, we have to marry consciousness with our grit. Otherwise, we are only doing achievement for achievement's sake, and it starts to feel a little empty at the end of the day. So talk to me more about that. Explain a little bit more about what you mean as far as consciousness with grid. What, is, what does that mean? Because to me, I've always thought, just keep, keep going. Show the grid. Don't let anything stop you. You can do this. Keep working hard. Swing your feet out of bed, put them on the ground and go. Yeah. But you're saying a little bit different here. Go ahead with that. For me personally, I'll share my personal story of where this kicks in. It was A, knowing that I'm okay regardless of what's achieved. So in Sandler, we teach something called IR theory, the difference of identity versus role. And we tend to be really gritty in our roles because we want to prove our validation. We want to prove our worthiness, that we're good, that we're smart enough. And the truth is we are regardless of achievement. And so making peace with that, I'm, I'm good and I'm okay, that doesn't take away the fact that you still want to go out and, you know, achieve and, and accomplish, but it starts to put meaning to it. And so, you know, I, I had to really ask myself, like, what is the purpose behind the achievement? What sort of waves do I want to make in the world? What is my life mission or my life purpose? So, you know, Simon Sinek many years ago when he did his TED talk and then he wrote the book really popularized the idea of finding your why. And I feel like our why personally and then also professionally, that tends to be where we're able to kick consciousness up a bit. 
able to keep our eye on the prize. What's the bigger picture? You know, what changes am I really trying to make? Where do I want to bring spirit into my work? And then the grit is how you make it happen. And, and the thing we, especially now, this, I don't know if you've heard, um, Brian, we have this thing called COVID-19 happen. Ah, yeah. Um, I was trying not to hear that anymore, but yeah, you did it. So go there. <laughs> um, it's been a little on the download and, you know, not <laughs> about it, but, but what, you know, people who are really gritty, their how has changed. And so mm. now they might be fig- trying to figure out how do I apply grit? Where, how do I apply grit? Where is this going to go? Because the path of which they were applying their grit has shifted. But if we move back to our why, it then widens the lens of where we can apply grit in a new space. So the example we could easily give is like, let's say you want to go, go to New York City and we have, you know, the, the why behind getting to New York City, but you know, we can't get on airplanes or at least it's, you know, not recommended. And so the path of which we get there has changed. So, you know, grit is shifting the how consciousness is focusing on the why. So let's, let's take that and let's, let's study that a little bit in your personal history, because you are successful and it took a little bit to get there. Can you go back to a time in your life? I remember you were talking about when you just kept going to the next thing and the next thing, but maybe a specific story about when you realized, okay, consciousness has to kick in here. I've got to do this differently. This isn't working for me. Is there a time that you can remember a specific time that you can share that story and that, and we can kind of, maybe our listeners can, maybe they're in that same spot and they might say, yeah, I need consciousness now because Amy says so. I'm interested in, in a specific story that might've happened in your life. I actually think that I learned this through teaching interestingly enough, because by being a teacher, we can kind of see ourselves in the eyes of the audience and we kind of joke in our office that like training and, and speaking is actually our therapy. Like we're, we're, you know, we're, we're learning as much as we are. And I was in an organization and I was teaching them customer care. This was prior to me developing the dealing with difficult people program or even creating the phrase own your 50. Mm-hmm. And I could see what was happening with folks was this just finger pointing and, and blame and really focusing on, you know, the outcome and not seeing the bigger picture. And I, I feel like there was an aha moment there of like, wow, you know what? These guys don't know how to communicate with themselves and they're making everyone around them responsible for it. They don't know how to really tap into them. And then I started asking myself, like, how am I doing that? Man, how am I making my husband responsible? Because mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not doing a good job of communicating with myself. I'm trying to prove my worthiness in the external world. I got to figure out how to get in touch with it internally. And that began my journey to consciousness. I started meditating. I meditate twice a day religiously. I actually went through a certification program um, a couple of years ago to become a certified meditation teacher so that I could teach it to, to clients. I journal, I make sure I eat well and I exercise. And all of these things are really my base layer of being able to stay more conscious and connected to me. When I can do this, then it's a whole lot easier to respond and know what I want from the world. It's harder to know that if we don't know what we want from ourselves. So I do remember having that kind of aha. And then that's where my phrase own your 50 came in of like, man, we really got to learn how to, how to take it inside and take ownership. When you had that aha moment, was it? So some aha moments are like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. I'm going to get to that tomorrow. And, and some you dive right in. Was, was yours immediate or does it take work to build those habits and, and things like that? Oh, I am still working on it, Brian. I am still working on it. It has been, you know, I, 
because look at awareness does not necessarily equal understanding. And so, but awareness is the first, it's the first key in anything, right? Mm -hmm. Developing the awareness and starting to be curious, bringing some curiosity into where and how I may or may not be showing up in this way. And then from that, I feel like it has been stepping stones to continue the journey of learning. The right book showed up, you know, the a book that I read that was just life-changing for me on this path is called The Untethered Soul. And it talks about how you differentiate the voice in your head from what's real and really learning how to discern reality and Man, that was huge. That was a big leap of a stepping stone. And then you get the right coaches that's a stepping stone, you know? So I feel like it all, it's all a journey that's constantly unfolding. And sometimes it happens at such a slow pace that we don't even see it until we turn around and look at how far we've come. Mm -hmm. And and you don't realize the benefits until later. And that leads me into my next question. I'm really interested in this because right now, and I'll go ahead and use the COVID word again. Right now for salespeople, it's hard to hit budget. I need, I need to talk to more people. I need to figure out ways to generate more sales. And for business leaders, it's hard to make the next step and to pay their people. And they've got real problems that they've got to get through right now. But you're going to tell me that I need to focus on myself first and to take time to build my consciousness and things of that sort. And I'm going to say, I don't have time. Right. So what would you say to a, a business now that is really struggling with, I've got to get this done but they're hearing you say, look, it's about consciousness and that's how you're truly going to be successful. What would you say to that person who's struggling right now? Here's a few things to, to bring to the conversation. First of all, many of the problems and challenges people are experiencing ex- were there pre-COVID. It's just that they were such tiny cracks in the foundation that were able to be kind of overlooked by an effective economy and a booming market mm. that when COVID hit, those cracks became gaping holes and now they can't ignore them. And so, you know, what, what is the, the root cause here? Where, where does this start? If we're running out and we're being frantic, right. And we're just like, Oh my gosh. And we're rushing and we've got to do this and we're winging it. And, and we're coming from a place of scarcity and fear like attracts like that is physics right? Like attracts like. So if we're coming out of scarcity and fear, what are we attracting? And what are, what are we priming our mind to see? Scarcity scarcity and fear. fear. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a video I put on LinkedIn the other day where I said, Hey, if we think that everyone who drives a red car is an idiot, then we're going to be laser focused on finding red cars and watching them make mistakes, not using their turn signals, you know, texting while they're driving. But the truth is the blue cars are doing it too. We just don't see it because we're laser focused that red cars are idiots. So if we're laser focused that the economy is tanking, things are hard, this is challenging. We've got to run out this. We've got lots of problems. You are forcing yourself to see that as a reality. The I see what the brain believes. So one of the best ways that we can use consciousness is by basically taking our brain to the gym and learning how to hack it. How can I sit quietly? How can I start to be very intentional? How can I start to wire my brain to see what I want to have happen? Again, it's physics and neuroscience. It's not woo-woo. It is, it's legitimate. And we cannot give to others what we don't have for ourselves. So if we want to breed abundance, we have to take a moment to be it. Wow. No, that's absolutely right. You can't, you take your brain to the gym and you hack it. Yes. 
brain hacking. That's what meditation is. People, I, you know, they hear meditation and they immediately go home and they think yeah. of like guys in robes, hugging trees and eating granola. And really it is hacking your brain, telling your brain what to do and not letting it run you. Mm, fantastic. And so that gives us to maybe even my, my last question here. I'm interested in, you know, the thing you said about successful people, we just never know we're there there's something on the table for you. What's next? What, what does success mean for you tomorrow? What are you working on now? And, and perhaps what are those hurdles that are in your way that you know are there that you're going to have to overcome? And if, if you get there, how do you plan to overcome them? What's next? Yeah, my big vision, I have a life's mission, okay? And my life's mission is to teach as many people how to own their 50 as possible. And there's actually an expletive I would normally put in there, but I'll be kind uh, for your listeners. <laughs> own their 50 is, very quickly, own... It's taking extreme ownership. Yep. That's basically what it is. Taking extreme ownership. Responsible and, for yourself and your activities and your yeah. actions. And, yep. and by that, it is raising the consciousness. So my life's mission is helping people raise the consciousness. Doing that through speaking and continuation of training. I would love to write a book at some point in time. I think that's probably a hurdle in my mind of giving myself permission to feel like I've earned the right to be an expert in this field and write the book. And again, it's just, it's a story I've got to rewrite in my own head before I can write it for the world at large. But success to me is giving back, living from a very authentic place. I try to just show up and be real everywhere that I can. And I try to give myself love so I can give it to the world at large and continuing learning. I hope I never get to a place where I feel like I know it all because when I'm there, I know that I am not living the definition of success. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I will give you one little bit of advice from, from this side. There are a million books on the shelves right now that were written by folks that had no business writing a book. So <laughs> you've, you've earned the right, go write the book and people will read it. So good for yeah. you. Hey, Amy, if someone uh, is listening to this and, and just wants to know more perhaps about meditation or about uh, Sandler Training Trust Point or just about you in general or, or your, and your offerings and services, speaking engagements perhaps, how would they reach out to you and how would they find you? Yeah, find me on LinkedIn and it's just Amy Woodall on LinkedIn. I try to put videos out semi-consistently that is pertinent to those in sales and leadership. And I talk mindfulness a lot on there as well. Um, and then you can always email me, amy.woodall at sandler.com. Perfect. And I hope that people do because uh, it's, it's, it really is good spending time with you. It's, it's wonderful to hear your approach and your um, kind of unwillingness to quit. You were, we were talking about grit a little bit beforehand, but really what you're describing, the consciousness and the daily activities and the never giving up on what really matters, the why, that takes some grit too. That takes not giving up on it, not just putting the, the frantic in front of it. And that's part of just one more way to get over that hurdle. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you being part of the show. Dash of Grit is brought to you from all of us here at Spire Advertising. We're all here to help your business grow. It's what we're here for. We've got a full team of marketers, designers. We're at your service building marketing campaigns, website designs that work, and helping your business grow. So if you'd like to learn more about what I do at spiread.com, that's the website, spiread.com. If you click the contact sales button, I will be happy to answer. I am Brian Leflock, Director of Sales at Spire Advertising. Thank you so much to Amy Woodhall. She's the Executive Vice President of Sandler Sales Training trust point in Indianapolis. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. This has been a dash of grit. It's an acquired taste in your recipe for success. Not for everyone, but you'll apply it. It tastes good. Thank you very much for listening. We will do it again. This 
is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.